Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We got mid-major conference tournaments going on. I see Summit what you did League. there, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, whiskey in a jarro. Good day for it. For Jimmy's birthday. Well, I just meant because it's a day that ends in Y, but sure. And it's sunny out, and it's Friday. Yes, the sun is out. It's supposed to be in the 50s today. Yes. Yeah. Pants are optional. This is a feel-good, yes, pants optional Friday for everybody making their morning commute. Sponsored uh, by. <laughs> pants optional. Please wear pants. Sunday. Is, sun- is Sunday an okay pants optional day? Well, you're staying home, so yeah. Are no you pants low? Sunday, not to be confused with uh, no, no sit. sit Sunday. Yeah, no pants Sunday. Hey, just because you wear pants, you can still wear shorts. It's okay. Yeah, I, I didn't say anything about no shorts. Yeah, it's not no like pants. we're just going like completely like you know bare from the waist down. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we're not advocating for. Yeah, we're not Charlie Weiss over here. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a backstory. To okay, that. I yeah, I don't. And, and Kevin had, knows had, exactly what I'm talking. I had about. a rough visual there when you said that. But, it's exactly uh, as rough as you think. Oh boy, don't don't start talking about Mark Mangino and the towels too. But uh, anyway, okay. Uh, we've got conference basketball action going on in mid-majors, including the Summit League. And then we will be having our men's conference tournaments starting next week in the major conferences. And excited to talk about all of that as we welcome in Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports covering college basketball. And Kevin, we, we were just discussing this earlier today that it's amazing what 40 minutes of basketball against a really bad team in Minnesota could do to Rutgers. But, you know, Rutgers seems to be kind of one of a few examples of the Big Ten. When you look at the Big Ten, and I think a lot of people would say Purdue is the Big Ten's best chance to represent the conference in the Final Four. I don't even know if I fully trust Purdue with the way that they have played as of late. So I'm just curious on how you view the Big Ten in its entirety and the amount of teams that are likely to make it into the tournament? Yeah, I think it, it seems like the Big Ten is in a very similar spot to where it has been the last couple of years. And and what I mean by that is it's a league that's going to get a whole bunch of teams in, you know, whether that's nine teams, whether that's ten teams, and then is going to get into the NCAA tournament and we're going to get into the Sweet 16 and look around and say, where'd all the Big Ten right. teams go? <laughs> and, and I think you know, some of that is because of inconsistency, but I think, too, when you look out across college basketball and the way things play out stylistically, too, you know, the Big Ten still uses a lot of sort of what you would call old-school centers, right? The the dinosaurs in the, in the middle, and I think when you get into the NCAA tournament, I think people are more likely to put you into ball screens. They're more likely to make you move around in space with back cuts and things like that. And so I think stylistically, too, even beyond the Big Ten maybe not having a lot of great teams, I think it plays against the Big Ten in that respect as well. Hey, Kevin, I'm just looking for a little viewer's guide here. For a lot of the uh, the smaller conference tournaments are 
either started yesterday, going on today, and, and throughout this weekend. Do you have uh, a read on what might be interesting to watch over the weekend? Which which of these smaller conference tournaments are you going to be pay, paying attention to? Is there a team maybe that we should watch in, in preparation for our NCAA tournament brackets? You know, it, it's kind of funny because I, I think all of us watch these things a, a little bit differently and look for for different kinds of uh, different kinds of things. I, I think a team that's really interesting to me that's probably not going to be interesting to anybody else <laughs> is is UNC Asheville because I think that Asheville is a really fascinating team. They're a good team, but they also have kind of the profile of, of what we've seen in terms of a team that, that's going to reach you know, the, the NCAA tournament is a 15 or maybe even a 16 seed, and yet they aren't going to have sort of that traditional profile. They're going to have a former Tennessee big guy at the five, a, a guy who can shoot three-pointers. They're a team that's an exceptionally good shooting team, and so when you look at what makes sort of the NCAA tournament fascinating, I think, the, the thing that gets all of us to our TVs is, is when that 14 seed is throwing mm-hmm. a scare into a three seed or, or good Lord willing, a, a 15, you know, just terrifying a two. And I think Asheville is one of those teams that if they don't win their tournament, they're not going to the NCAA tournament. And yet I think this is a team that if they get in as a 15, even if they get in as a 16, they're going to be the type of team that could potentially cause a headache for somebody if it winds up working out that way. The other thing, and it's not this weekend, but the other thing that I think is really interesting to me is just who comes out of that Mountain West, mm-hmm. you know, yep. just mash up with all of those teams because I think the Mountain West may be a better conference than the ACC this year. And so you're going to actually have some teams that are tournament worthy or are possible, you know, possible run-type teams that might not even make the NCAA tournament. And so a team like Utah State, that's one of the nation's best shooting teams, they move the ball really well, uh, they're, they're the type of team you do not want to see in the first round because there's a chance they just come out and hit 12 threes and you're going home. And yet they're going to need to make some noise and possibly even win the Mountain West tournament even to get into the NCAA tournament. So that's that's a league that I'm watching just because I think that there are teams that are capable of winning that tournament that might not go without winning the tournament that could do some real damage. And Kevin, another team that we're kind of uh, tracking here and in the summit league and my co-host who's out there in, um, in Sioux Falls getting ready to call the, the summit league men's side of it for Omaha is Oral Roberts. And we've seen it in some uh, bracketology is that they've been as high as it maybe a 12 seed and you know there is that that possibility maybe not likely but a possibility that if they would get upset up in Sioux Falls that you know they would not go to the NCAA tournament which would be a damn shame if that team if they're able to make it through the Summit League tournament unfazed is that another team that you're definitely keeping your eye on on what they could potentially do especially with Max Asmus? I was going to say, we could all use more Max Aceman. <laughs> you know, it, it, that that guy, is, is he's so tremendous. It, it's almost a shame that uh, that Kevin O'Banner is down at right. Texas Tech because it would have been really great to, to continue to see those two grow together and everything after what we've seen a few years ago. But, yeah, and, and that's 
that's one of the things that you look at, right, when you look at the NCAA tournament, is you don't just look at teams, you look at players who are capable uh, of those kinds of performances. I, I mean, I, I know we're dating ourselves here a little bit, but everybody remembers, you know, Terrence the show Arsenault, you know, putting, it, <laughs> those putting were the North days. Carolina out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at stuff like that, I, I think Max Aismith is, is absolutely one of those guys that when you're watching them, and, and Oral Roberts is more than Max Aismith. Like, let's not get that twisted. You yeah. don't win that many games with it just being Max Aismith. But at the same time, if you're asking, hey, is this a team where Aismith could come in and score 35 or 40 points and Oral Roberts knocks off somebody that that makes you shake your head, absolutely. I think Oral Roberts is is that team. And it's it's unfortunate with how good that team is that if they don't win the Summit League that they might be left out because I think they're absolutely NCAA tournament good. Uh, We're getting down to the stretch run here in the Big East. Still some seeding on the line. Looks like there's about six teams possibly that that have a a legitimate shot to win that conference tournament. How do you think things shake out in in the Big East? Is Marquette the clear favorite at this point? I I think Marquette's maybe the favorite. Obviously, Creighton's got to be in there. Xavier, depending on how well, you know, that, that team continues to come together with the whole Fremantle thing and, and everything. But mm-hmm. I really think when you when you look at that conference, you know, how much fun is Villanova? Yeah. It's like the number six team out of the out of the six teams that you're talking about. You know, when you look at the talent on that team, when you look at the way Villanova's been playing lately, I'm not saying that Villanova is, you know, the most consistent team and obviously they've dealt with injuries and and different things like that. But the Big East tournament is one of those that we've seen over the years kind of have a history of somebody sneaking up and just stacking together three or four good games and winning that tournament. And I think Villanova is a really exciting team. And I think it would be fun to see Villanova in the NCAA tournament. There's going to be some desperation there because that's the only way that Villanova is getting in with the injury issues and everything that they've had all year. But, yeah, I, I think it's it's a league that any one of about five or six teams, if they were to win that, throwing, you know, Providence and UConn in there as well. You know, I, I don't know that there is a, a great favorite to say, hey, I, I feel great about this team coming out of it. I, I think it's more just, you know, maybe you give Marquette a, a slight edge, but say it's, if they're going to win it, it's going to be it's going to be well earned. You know, when you look at Creighton, as we're talking with Kevin Flaherty of Twenty Four Seven Sports, National College Basketball Writer, when you look at Creighton, I mean, is it? Do you feel as it simple as it just hinges on their outside shooting ability? Because you know, Kalkbrenner is going to get you some easy baskets inside. He can defend the rim. I mean, it, we've seen this Creighton team kind of streaky. Is it just come down to that as far as what their ceiling can be, in your opinion? You know, that's part of it. And obviously, if Trey Alexander hits seven threes like he did right. at Georgetown the right. other night, that makes life just a, hit another a little one. bit easier. Uh, but when you when you look at, at that Creighton team, that was it's kind of funny because you don't think of Creighton being a, a poor or streaky shooting team in general, right? Like, right. that's not the feeling you get from that program. And yet, when we were doing our season previews, we kept coming back to, well, this Creighton team that checks so many boxes may have the best starting five in America before the season started. 
and yet we're saying, man, like the shooting isn't quite what you would hope it would be or what you would think it would be. And that's kind of played out. And I think when you look at, at Kalkrenner, at, you know, how efficiently he operates, when you look at what he brings to them defensively and the way he protects the basket, it, it's the sort of thing where I think Creighton can survive a bad shooting game. Mm. But I also, you know, it, it's not – I don't think it's a hot take to say that Creighton gets infinitely more vulnerable if it's one of those shooting nights where, hey, they're they're four for 17 or whatever from deep. I, I think that that's kind of the danger zone, and and that's where you ask, is the defense going to be good enough on that night to, to make sure Creighton leaves with a win? What do you make of Duke right now? Uh, they, they've been playing really well lately. Um they, they've hit, you know, hit that lull kind of early mid part of the season, but have, have come on strong. What do you make of the Blue Devils? Yeah, I I like Duke as a potential second weekend team. Obviously, it depends on matchups. I'm not buying into Duke as the Final Four contender necessarily at this point. I know some people are, and and I get why when you look at the fact that Duke is just flat more talented than most people you know you bring in yeah. five five-star freshmen you're going to have that amount of talent jeremy roach you know has been in the program for a few years he was a five-star point guard and i do think roach is giving them some really intriguing stuff from a clutch and experience standpoint that, is, that they really needed Derek lively starting to get a lot better with his defense and, and more consistent there i think has been good but i think that's another team that you look at and you wonder some nights where the offense is going to come from. And I don't think that they thought it would be that way. I think they thought that Derek Whitehead would come in and a lot of people had him projected as like a top five pick and a guy that was going to score and carry a significant portion of the offense. Kyle Filipowski, you know, the offense kind of comes and goes. Derek Lively is more of an around-the-basket effort guy. And so if Jeremy Roach isn't, you know, carrying a major load for them, if Whitehead isn't scoring, I do think that that's a team that, that could struggle to keep up with some of the better teams across the country. And while Duke is playing better, I, I think it's important to note that the ACC has struggled so much as a yeah. league that we haven't really gotten a chance to see Duke up against, you know, some of the teams that maybe you would have seen them against in the Big Ten or the Big 12 or SEC or some of these other conferences. Well, and with the ACC, North Carolina, look, they were preseason number one, what they returned from that national championship, uh, you know, miss where they had Kansas and they just could not finish it. It was a great run then. They had pretty much everyone back. Were you buying into it? How surprising is it the fact that North Carolina is squarely on the bubble and these are going to be some huge games that they have in front of them? You know, we were lower on North Carolina than a lot of people, and by that I mean that we almost had them number three. (laughs) (laughs) How? Wow. I think just about everybody believed in North Carolina. You know, we we had Gonzaga one, which didn't wind up working out. Some of the backcourt pieces, I feel like, didn't come together for Gonzaga like maybe we thought they were going to. And we, we very nearly picked Houston over... North Carolina, I think we went Houston three, but I mean, it was basically a coin flip in the room. But it, it's it, it's shocking. It, it really is. And, and you wonder at some point just the way North Carolina kind of vacillates in and out, you almost wonder if there are some chemistry issues there 
you know, you're you're bringing back four starters, and you're plugging and playing a guy in Pete Nance that you guys got to see quite a bit in Big Ten country, you know, at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed like, I, I don't want to say he would have been a perfect plug-in guy for Brady Manick, but about as good as you could get. And for whatever reason, Nance hasn't really shot the ball all that well. The guards haven't really meshed as well as, as they did last March. Sometimes they forget that Armando Baycott's on their team, <laughs> which is a little frustrating yeah. to, to watch at times. But the, the kind of crazy thing about that is, you know, so much has been made about, you know, their lack of quadrant one wins, and then they get one this week right with Virginia. Virginia's down to number 30 in net. And so if Virginia drops one spot in net, North mm-hmm. Carolina is right back to having zero quad one wins. And, I don't know if a lot of people realize like that's that's an active counter. It's not when you beat somebody; <laughs> yeah. it's where they're at at the end of the year. And so, yeah, North Carolina is this close to still not having any quadrant one wins, which is just mind-boggling if you think about it. Kevin, I got the important questions here that we all want to know. Can you <laughs> tell me about the magic of the chocolate chip cookie and scotch? Oh my gosh! So <laughs> it, it, it is it is an amazing deal. I have not. Uh, I've heard some people say it still holds up with with bourbon and with uh, and with rye whiskeys. I haven't tried that yet, but Scotch is kind of sweeter and it's got that warmth to it. So if you take a bite of like a warm chocolate chip cookie, don't dip it and in. Then remember, you take a drink of Scotch. It's unbelievable. Hmm. It, it's fantastic. I wish I wish more whiskey bars knew about this because <laughs> it, it's you know whatever peanut butter and jelly is like yeah. this is. This is on top of that. This is like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, UCLA, like back in the day. But, uh. <laughs> they got like the Otis Spunkmeyer cookies on, on oh, hand yeah. at, the, at your local yep. bourbon joint. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, John's a big Scotch guy, uh, so yeah. I told the him about this joint. earlier. Yeah. So, Yeah, I'll have to, it, uh, it's, have it's to give it a go. Uh, real quickly, I did want to ask you this one, too. And Back to sports. I know, for a second, because when we got the, <laughs> the projected number one seeds, you know, we were talking about Purdue Alabama with the Brandon Miller situation, if that's a, a big distraction that could impact them. KU has been you know, streaky at times offensively, too. Are you seeing a 1-2 or even maybe a, a top-four seed that you feel could start to show signs of separating themselves, or does this feel a lot like last year where it's anybody's guess who the, you know, the, the favorite would be? Yeah, I, I think it's probably a lot more like last year. And even last year, you know, I, I don't know how you guys felt, but I thought going into the tournament that Gonzaga and yeah. Arizona had kind of separated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had picked Kansas to the Final Four, but had a meeting Arizona there and thought that, you know, Gonzaga and Arizona kind of had more than, than everybody else did. I thought it was starting to get a little bit like Gonzaga and Baylor from two years ago. This year, I don't get that at all, which, of course, means that we're going to have a totally chalk NCAA tournament and all yep. four number one yep. seeds are, are going to get there. And, and it's, you know, just anecdotally, that's the way it feels. But I don't know that there is a team separating. I'd love to say Houston. I love Houston. You know, obviously, the efficiency numbers there are, are excellent. That's why, you know, Houston is where, where it is in that number one seed lineup. But at the same time, you know, we haven't seen Houston play a whole lot of teams with, with a pulse, you know, over the last few months either. Yeah. And so I, I think that's kind of the scary thing. It's not necessarily that 
hey, I would pick this team to beat Houston or that team to beat Houston. But it's more just we we think that Houston's coming along great. <laughs> you know, we think that that you know the basically they're they're doing what they're supposed to do, and at the same time, you just you don't know because they don't have not just the the tough game where you look at like Gonzaga and St. Mary's mm-hmm. where you can kind of circle those games, but also the game where hey, if you don't bring your A game, this team is capable of beating you. And I think that's the tough thing about the Big 12 this year is you look at some of the top teams and everything. There are teams in the bottom half of the Big 12 that you could be the best team in the Big 12, and if you just don't have it that night, you're going home with a loss. Uh, Last one here for me, Kevin. Is there enough juice for UCLA to crack a one seed? Do Do they have a path to maybe jump one of those teams ahead of them? You know, I don't know that they do. I, I think it's really close. I mean, they're they're right there, and I think, you know, you'll even see some brackets at this point that, that have UCLA tracking ahead of Purdue. I, I just I don't see it at this point. I, I think that when you look at, at the Pac-12, when you look at UCLA's, like, lack of, of not just, you know, quad one wins, but lack of, of really the wins that, that kind of make your hair stand up where you say, oh, you know, Houston beat this team or, or you know, Kansas beat Baylor or, or whoever else. There just aren't that many on, on the UCLA slate. And so there's there's a possible path there, I guess you would say. And, you know, getting up, to, getting up higher in the efficiency metrics, I, I know that sounds weird, but when you looked at the seed reveal and everything this year, I thought there was more focus on efficiency numbers than maybe there had been in the past. And when you when you looked at, at Kansas having so many more quad one wins and everything, you oh, would have said, I feel like, years past that, hey, this, this is your number one overall seed. You know, it, it's obvious. But Kansas is lowering the efficiency matrix, and then you saw, you know, you, you kind of saw – where that wound up putting Kansas on that seed line. And it wasn't just Kansas. You saw that kind of throughout the top 16 reveal. And so the efficiency matrix, they do they do help uh, UCLA. UCLA is up to number two behind Houston. And so they're, they're kind of right there. And you could say with them playing Arizona and potentially getting another game against Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament, maybe that gets them there. But I, I tend to think that the, the top four seeds are not necessarily nailed down, but but they're probably pretty consistent at this point. It's Kevin Flaherty of 24-7 Sports, National College Basketball writer. Kevin, awesome stuff. Really appreciate you jumping on. Hopefully we can talk to you as we get into the tournament as well, my man. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. And make sure you try the uh, chocolate chip cookies with Scott. Tell uh, Kevin sent. I'm, I'm going He's to. Right. And we will say that Kevin sent us because, you know, I feel like <laughs> for every bourbon or scotch joint out there, if they don't have a partnership with like Otis Spunkmeyer or they just make their own uh, chocolate chip cookies, you might be missing out on a new wave. And that's uh, that's something that I didn't know until today. Yeah. You were, you were today intrigued. years old. Yep. I'm very intrigued on this. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to get back to some Husker football conversation, recruiting, and more with our buddy Mike Schaefer of Husker 24-7 Sports right after the break. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. 
That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 